Welcome to Entrench, a 21 Pilots podcast. Hello, local dreamers. Welcome to Entrench. My name is Anna, and this is episode 15, the album wrap-up for 21 Pilots. Feel free to put the album on as you listen to this episode. I am really excited for this episode, actually. I love the fact that I know what's going to happen and you don't. And at first, I was unsure what all this would entail as the first album wrap-up, but I think I have a good set of content for you guys, so I'm excited for you to tune in, and I hope that you might even feel free to listen to music alongside this. So buckle up, here we go. So the first thing I wanted to do is talk about the cover art for 21 Pilots. Um, This was done by one of Tyler's friends, John Rettstadt. He is a longtime friend of Tyler. That's pretty much the only information I got on him. But his Instagram is at John underscore Rettstadt, spelled R-E-T-T-S-T-A-T-T. And he's really talented. He hasn't posted for a couple years now, I think, but his artwork is crazy good and I would highly recommend checking it out. So, as you can imagine, I pulled a lot, probably way more than I should have, out of this cover art. So, this is part one of this episode, is analyzing the cover art. And if you would like, feel free to pull up the image as well. Um, This is also just a pretty freeform podcast, so there might be a little less structure, but it's kind of exciting too. So let us look at the photo now. I think the first thing that my eyes go to is the man lying there on the bed and I think it's pretty obvious the parallel to Jesus with his hands splayed out like Jesus on the cross and he's lying on a bed that's wooden like the cross. He also, as you can see, has something in his hand and I could not for the life of me 100% decide what this was, but I'm just going to assume it is some type of cloth. I don't know what else it would be. (laughs) I, it's funny because I actually took social media off for Lent and I broke the fast just to DM John and ask, but of course that was a long shot and he didn't respond. Big surprise. (laughs) So I don't know 100% if that's what it is, but we're going to go with cloth because it suits the imagery really well. Okay, now that I've fixed my fan, (laughs) back to the cloth in his hand. So I would love to pull up some scripture for you guys about why cloth associated with this Jesus symbol is important. So the first verse is Luke 23, 34. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. So I think in and of itself, him holding a cloth is significant because it relates to the fact that his clothes were torn from him. And I don't know for sure, but based on his arms, it looks like this man may not have clothes on. Um, I can only guess. Um, He's definitely under some blankets because his feet are covered up and at first I was like, okay, are those supposed to be his feet or are they like supposed to be like tiny mountains? (laughs) 
which sounds ridiculous, but when you think about all the other tiny imagery in the image, it, it made sense. Come on. It wasn't that far-fetched. But no, I'm pretty sure those are just his feet. Anyway, point being, um, it would make sense that if we're talking about the fact that his clothes were torn from him and bid on between these people, it makes sense that he would be holding a cloth as a symbol of having lost that, having lost that dignity as he went to the cross. But the other huge part with Jesus and a cloth is John 13, 5, which reads, Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. So a cloth is also very symbolic of how Jesus is a servant, and what better way to depict who 21 Violets is than by portraying a symbol of Jesus and being a servant. I think that's really applicable to this band. So moving on, the next thing I focused on was the light bulb above this man, and it's shrouded in purple which I thought was significant because purple generally is related to royalty and obviously Jesus is the son of God and as such he is the prince of peace making him royal and I also related this specific image with the light bulb to John 1 1 through 5. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him is life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And I also think this symbol of Jesus as light is significant to the darkness in the literal photograph, because as you can see, it's creeping up behind him on the bed, but anywhere that Jesus is actually facing is light. And in that way, the symbol of this man in this picture is defeating darkness. Now, here is the part where I just get super extra. So, now, looking at the broken fan and the broken light on the fan, above the light, stick with me here. This is, I'm sure, this is me digging too far. But, I think... This relates to Air Catcher because if we think about the song and the themes of try not to fall into sin and try not to fall towards Satan, in the song specifically, Satan is catching the air. Or no, sorry. <laughs> no, the thing that would save the subject while in the air is stolen so that the subject is essentially a victim to the air. And because a fan is something that allows an air current to grow, I would equate that to Satan in the sense of if we're comparing the way that Satan quote-unquote increases air and increases temptation by allowing the subject of the song to get caught up in a what's it called? Just a free fall. Then the more air that's around, the more that Satan is winning. So essentially, 
if Jesus is the light and the light is beaming onto the fan and breaking the fan, that means that the light is breaking Satan because he is the air current bringer in the sense of air catcher, if that makes sense. Jesus broke the currents, he overcame the eternal freefall, and he also trying to think of a good word he also in his true light engulfed the false torch of satan and that could be related to a car torch of death because the demon had this really bad makeshift torch so he's simultaneously breaking the winds of temptation and the false light at the same time Boom. Oh, and then also, <laughs> this is just hilarious. I looked up, like, what do fans symbolize? You should see my search history for this podcast. It's hysterical. But I was curious if there were even more metaphors. And I looked up, like, what does a ceiling fan mean? And, like, what are its purposes? And I found this this site that was, like, ten random facts about ceiling fans. <laughs> And the last one was ceiling fans can decapitate people. So it's also Satan because it can decapitate people. I just thought that was really funny. (laughs) So, oh, my arm just cracked. So moving downwards now, the other huge part of the picture is that this man's brain is oozing all of these colors. So Jesus is oozing all of these colors. And... I found this site that has the spiritual biblical meaning of all of these colors. Now, I will disclaim this heavily by saying I don't know how in-depth these associations are with the accuracy of scripture, but it says they're they're biblical meanings and they seem confident. (laughs) I recognize this is not a good enough reason, but... If we are going to claim that colored-meanings.com is legit, which it could easily not be, I think this is interesting. And I just thought it was a bunch of extra interesting information. If you heard that sound, that was literally my elbow cracking. So we are full of interesting sounds tonight. So here are all of the symbols of the colors that you see. There is a pink, correct? Yes. There's a pink, which means right relationship with God. We know Jesus allows us to have a right relationship with God. There's also red, which is the blood of Jesus, which obviously spilled when he was crucified. There is the blue, which means heaven. And Jesus died and rose again so that we could go to heaven. There, again, is the purple, which is royalty, same as the light bulb. There is wine, which is the darker purple, and this means new birth. Again, Jesus gives us new birth. There is sapphire, I believe, which is the other blue, and this represents grace. There's turquoise, which is sanctification, and there's green, which is growth and new beginning. And then finally, there's yellow, which is joy and faith. So look at that. That all matches up. 
with Jesus. But the biblical accuracy is a big fat question mark. So there you go. I shoot. I also wrote next to this before you start your day. I'm not entirely sure what I meant because this is a couple of days ago now. <laughs> but somehow I connected all of this to before his. Oh, okay. Okay. I got it. I got it now. It took a second, but I got it. So the reason I connect it to before you start your day is because the colors coming out of Jesus's brain are, and around the light bulb, which I mean, he's also producing, are the only parts of the photograph that are color. And it's also coming out of his brain. So if we relate to the Holy Spirit's message in before you start your day, the whole premise of the song is the Holy Spirit wanting us to rest in the truth of his mind and his mind is life-giving it's colorful it's restorative and I think that's exactly what I see when I just picture all of these vivid colors coming out of who God is as a result it would make sense that this would be definitive of the Holy Spirit as well so then Finally, there's all the little images within the pool of colors at the bottom. We have the tree house and the trees, and I would say this is representative of how Jesus gives us new life and he preserves our new life. And as you can see, the trees are stuck in the muck, but the tree house is far away from the muck. And in that way, he's the tree of life, preserving us from all the icky muck of hell sin and death the broken chain as you can see the chain is being bogged down by the muck and obviously we know that he has come to break every chain we see the gear because the gear symbolizes i looked up definitions just to see and one thing is that a gear is something that equips you in the way that it functions with other gears and in that way, it makes sense that a gear would come out of the colors in Jesus's brain because it is essentially equipping us for eternity. And then I also related the gear to taxi cab because another way of looking at the gear is it's kind of thrown out, like it's just kind of on the floor there because we don't need it anymore. And if a gear is part of an engine, we don't need it anymore because as we know in taxi cab, the Holy Trinity is what's driving. It's not the actual car that needs to be driving itself. The Holy Trinity doesn't need an engine to drive. They can just drive. So I related that to taxi cab. The other thing is there is a bandaged organ of some sort and I connected this to Romans 6, 4. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And as such, he bandages our organs. Look at that. So then we see the city. And I thought it was interesting that the city is only touching the turquoise, because the turquoise, I believe, is related to healing. Yes, sanctification and healing, which means he is sanctifying and bringing healing to every city in the world, and that's pretty cool. And then finally, the last thing I noted about this cover art are the pipes and the color coming out of the pipes, and I related that to Philippians 2, 10 through 11. 
Also, the translation I'm using is English Standard Version, in case anyone is interested. So that, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And in that way, I just see these pipes leaking Jesus' mind and his comfort and how it spills over not into just our lives as Christians, but it also continues to overflow and spill over to every corner of the earth. And so when all is said and done, every knee will bow and even those who don't accept Jesus will ultimately not be able to avoid his name and will at least have the opportunity to receive salvation. I think something I've just thought about recently is how even loved ones I know who are not Christians and who have rejected Jesus have very strong opinions when they hear Jesus' name. And I just think it's really interesting. Like, even if you strongly reject Jesus and the gospel, you also can't avoid ever knowing about him. And there's something really significant about that. I think that's definitely not an accident. And so I think that's really cool. And that was part one of this episode. I guess I'm dividing them into parts. Okay. Also, I had no idea how long this episode is going to be. I still have no idea how long this episode is going to be. But I have a hunch it will still be normal episode length. So that's cool. Next section. I am a literary... I don't even know what I was trying to say. I love literature big surprise. I love analysis and metaphors and symbolism. Wow. Big surprise. As such, I love reading books and a big thing I love is the moment when I finish a book and I get to reflect and I get to decide, okay, what did, what did I enjoy about it and why and what kind of themes, what kind of takeaways did I get from this piece of artwork and how does that resonate with me? And so obviously it's not the exact same as a novel, but still in its way, I would consider an album a full body of work. And as such, it only makes sense that we would talk about themes in this album, talk about our overall thoughts. I mean, I'm talking to you. Maybe you're talking back to me. <laughs> Telepathy. Can't hear you, but I know you're there. <laughs> what is happening? So... The other thing I wanted to do, because not everyone is in the Facebook group, is mention, rewind, before we get into the themes, I wanted to mention a couple of the Bible verses that I pulled out while doing scripture reading during all the different recordings of this podcast. Sometimes I'll be reading scripture and think about something I've already recorded, and that's usually the perfect time when I will post in the Entrench Podcast Facebook group and just describe how a verse or verses touched upon a song or a podcast that I recorded. And it's just another fun layer of just exploring scripture deeper and allowing it to resonate with 21 Pilots deeper and it just it always brings so much more meaning to songs. And so for those of you who are not in the group, although I highly recommend you join, especially now that you know that you get tidbits of information like this that you don't hear, I wanted to recap what the verses I highlighted were, which are actually only a couple, but I think they're really important. And actually, they both relate to Oh Miss Believer. 
So the first verse is from Job. It is chapter 2, verse 13. Then they sat on the ground with him seven days and seven nights, but no one spoke a word to him because they saw that his suffering was very intense. I thought this paralleled the spiritual community in Omis Believer really well. As we know, the subject of this song is just going through a lot mentally and emotionally, and it's overwhelming. They're being sung to and being supported by the narrator of the song. And when we think about spiritual community and how to be there for brothers and sisters, I think it's really important to remember that we don't have to have all the right words. And I know that's that's definitely a struggle for me as someone who is both a linguist and struggles with perfectionism, just feeling a pressure to always have the right words, the right responses to what people are going through. But I think this verse is really significant and powerful because this is in the context of Job having just lost basically all of his possessions, most of his loved ones, and just undergoing all of this physical pain and illness. I think it's significant that his friends, his friends come and they just sit with him for seven days and seven nights. And the hugest part of this whole thing is they are clearly a strong spiritual community for Job in his trial. And no one spoke a word to him because they saw that his suffering was very intense. And I think this is also just a way that God wants to encourage us. You don't have to know what to say because sometimes just being present with someone who is suffering is the most important thing. And also, I think it's a great act of humility to just be with people in their suffering or listen to people in their suffering and not even feel the need to say anything because it just shows that, okay, my words are not the only thing keeping this person together, you know. Whether or not I speak certain words doesn't mean that this person can't be cared for by God himself. And it's in humility we are also saying God can still work and grow this person, even if I don't verbally say anything, even if I'm just present with them in pain. Because God doesn't just work through one person, and he doesn't just work verbally through a person. And there's a lot of humility and also just belief and awe in God's character in just knowing that we don't always have to say anything. We can do other things too, non-verbally. The other verse is Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14. This is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Specifically, I was relating this to the line, the lyric, that talks about, Oh, misbeliever, my pretty sleeper. And as we know, Tyler talks about sleep a lot, and I think it's very relevant to the idea of faith versus sleep. And in the context of Tony and Pilots, sleep is very much about unbelief or disbelief or just falling into sin, temptation. Basically everything negative spiritually is what sleep is equated to with Tyler's metaphors. And so I think it's appropriate and significant that God would say here, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And in that same way, I think choosing faith over sleep is also kind of relating sleep to being your old self. And I can definitely relate to that with sins that I regularly struggle with, you know, 
just falling back into those temptations and those routines because that's what your flesh is used to. And I can definitely see how that is representative of sleep and of, you know, your default setting, your unconsciousness is very much sinful. And I think that's really accurate. So now let's dig into the themes of 21 Pilots, the album. I think a big thing, I kind of grouped these together actually. The first big one is temptation and apathy. I highlighted the fact that we see this throughout Fall Away, Attic with a Pen, March to the Sea, Air Catcher, and A Car, A Torch, A Death. Also, I could easily be missing stuff, songs with these themes, so I would love to hear your thoughts on how these relate to other songs as well. But I kind of put these two themes, temptation and apathy, together because I think in all of these songs, it's very much talking about the temptation to fall into sin, and as a result, it creates distance from God. It creates kind of this numbness where you're just going about a routine, like march to the sea. And I think in a way, like, temptation generally leads to apathy because, I mean, okay, temptation in and of itself is not a sin because even Jesus was tempted. But I think in the sense of these songs, it's like a temptation that leads to sin. And I think the big sin that it leads to is apathy because, you know, we see in March to the Sea, his apathy leads him to standing in the same old line. His temptation to be apathetic causes him to fall fast into sin and air catcher. Yeah, we just see that temptation and falling into sin has a lot to do with not being courageous and bold enough in faith to immediately say no, like, I'm not going to fall into this. And if we're not actively being like, no, I'm not going to, then more likely than not, we're just going to recede into apathy because I think because so many of our sins are just very routine in that way where they're so easy to fall into, there is some degree of apathy there because we know that we shouldn't, but it's also just easier, more natural thing to to fall into. And I know, like, for me, perfect example of this is lust, honestly, because the biggest time that I fall into lust is actually before bed because my brain is exhausted. And so basically it's just proof of how evil and sinful I am because the second I have no energy, my brain's like, okay, we're gonna go into sin now (laughs) as your default. It's like the second Satan's like, okay, your defenses are down or a little shaken. I'm gonna just slide in there real quick. It's terrible. It's terrible. So, but it's also, like, easier to be apathetic when you're half asleep. So, like, let's be honest. Yes, that is also a big factor when you're half conscious. The other big theme I found that I think is is pretty consistent throughout Tyler's songwriting in general is doubt. And we see doubt the most in Implicit Demand for Proof, Addict with a Pen, and Oh, Misbeliever, where there is just an uncertainty of God's character in uncertainty if he is good and really cares about us deeply and really 
doesn't think we're too far gone. Like, addict with a pen. And an almost believer, there's just this doubt of whether God can really pull us out of the trials that we're in. And I know especially in the midst of depression and other mental illnesses, it can be the hardest to just really feel like, do you really hear my cries, God? Because this season of mental struggle is just going on for this amount of time and there's really nothing fruitful happening. It's so much easier to doubt in the seasons when we're not seeing consistent fruit or we're not consistently chasing after God like we would in our more productive, upbeat seasons. It's easier to doubt that he is more disappointed, more distant from us because of those seasons that are harder. The other big one that I really like that is not a negative theme is finding hope in community. I think that's a huge theme throughout this album, actually. And we see it the most through Friend Please, Johnny Boy, Oh Misbeliever, and A Car or Torture Death. How, yes, maybe in and of the subjects of the song, they're going through trials, they're going through heavy, heavy seasons, but at the same time, there is this silver lining of hope throughout these songs because... They have a friend with them. They have a loved one with them. They have people walking beside them, people checking in on them. And the best thing about going through trials in spiritual community is the way that we find hope in our spiritual community. I am someone who has gone through a lot of trials in the past year, a lot of different trials. And it has just been such a beautiful reminder of obviously the importance of vulnerability, as scary as that is, the importance of opening up to spiritual community about what you're going through that's hard. There's also just so much hope in just being able to be there for someone in a dark season when you're not, and I think what I've experienced is just this hope from my family and friends because the ones who are in a different season, more a more positive season, have been able to really pour into me. And as someone who's now honestly coming into a better season, it's just so encouraging to know that God puts us in different seasons for a reason. And I think that's really helped me a lot when it comes to envy or comparison is realizing, no, like we we shouldn't all be in good seasons at once or bad seasons at once because we need each other to hold on to. We need each other to pull each other out of the net when we are in different seasons and thank God that he has designed us so we're all always in different seasons because yeah that'd be really sad. That'd be a really sad world if we were all in the same seasons together all the time. That would be a lot more hopeless for sure. And then with the pantaloon and trapdoor as I already mentioned in those podcasts those are also some parables so that was cool too. I think overall this album is a perfect depiction of what it means to live in the tension of faith on earth and I think because of that it makes sense that this would be the self-titled album. It really sets Tony and Pilots up as obviously a band that's saturated in God, in faith, in hope, and also a band that's really genuinely honest and authentic about what is hard 
And I love how they never shy away from speaking on what is hard or speaking on the fact that sometimes they can feel a little more hopeless, but that they always also have a silver lining to all of their songs in one way or another. Even if it's just a brief moment, I would argue there is some sort of hope or victory in all of their songs. And even in the the sadder songs, there is just so much hope and victory in just being able to vocalize those feelings. And it ultimately just comes off as worship of just being authentic with where you're at because that's all God has ever wanted from us. I think this album just sets them up really well to be a very authentic band who is not just trying to be positive in a toxic way, but they genuinely wrestle with what's hard, but also how even the hard things can be pulled together for good because of who God is, not because of what we can do to make things good. The other thing I just thought would be um, an interesting thing to list is how we see each, not character, because these are real beings, but how we see each of these spiritual beings in what songs. Obviously, okay, this will make more sense when I say them in depth. So basically, I mean God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, and Satan. Obviously, they all, all of their songs are entrenched in Christianity, but I thought it would just be cool to list off which songs most specifically connect to which being. So for God, I see him most explicitly in implicit demand for proof when he is being questioned directly. I see him most in Attic with a pen when he is being also talked to directly. I see him the most in Friend Please as a narrator, and I see him most in March to the Sea when the character of the song looks up and hears his voice. For Jesus, I see him the most in Johnny Boy in the bridge and how he carries all of our shame, and I see him the most in a car, a torch, a death when he takes the grave and fights the demon. The main thing with the Holy Spirit before you start your day, oh my goodness, that was the coolest thing ever to analyze. And obviously, Taxi Cab, we see the entire Holy Trinity. And Satan, we see in Air Catcher. So I just thought that was cool that they're all in the album to different degrees. Now, moving along, I considered doing the gospel through the album, but I decided to take the easy way out and just say, the gospel is basically just listening to Taxi Cab. <laughs> but if you do want an in-depth gospel in the Entrench podcast Facebook group, I'm just plugging that group a lot tonight, I created the gospel out of purely only 21 Pilots lyrics. It's obviously not just this album, but it's throughout all of their songs, and I got really great feedback from it. So if you're curious in reading the gospel through purely Tyler Joseph. I made that for his birthday and that was really amazing to do and really reaffirming as to why I'm even doing this podcast. Now, the second half I feel like is way less academic. <laughs> we are going way less um, less academic now. Okay, are you ready? Because I don't think you're ready, but I'm really excited. Maybe this will be more fun for me than you, but... 
You can do this along with me. I'm going to take a couple quizzes. I thought this would be really fun. And like, I feel like a quiz is a valid thing to record. Like, it's not like you need to visually see it. I'll read everything to you. I'll give you a chance to answer it before me. Then I'll give my answer and we can compare, you know? And chances are, you're gonna know more than me. So, this one I already did <laughs> because it was just a BuzzFeed quiz. It says, how well do you actually know 21 Pilots? Okay. And it was literally, check how many songs you've heard. It was 50 songs. This was before Trench came out. It was, it was all of their songs through the first four albums. So, obviously, I checked them all and it just said, congratulations, you know your stuff. You're a true fan. You deserve to know that we consider you one to stay alive. Okay, but like, the real question is, has everyone heard Taco Bell Saga? That is the real How Well Do You Know Tony Pilots. And have you heard the Happy Wheel? Have you heard and watched the Happy Wheels video? Those are the real questions, in my opinion. Because that quiz was too easy. Like, of course I've heard the discography. That's like, what? Okay, but now, for real, here we go. Two quizzes here we're gonna do together. And you're gonna let me know if this was enjoyable, okay? These are two very different qu quizzes. So the first one is only three questions, I'm pretty sure. Okay. First one is also a BuzzFeed quiz. And it says, are you a real 21 Pilots fan? Okay, there's literally only, oh no, there's there's more than three questions. But there's only like a couple questions. So I was like, what what is this? This seems dumb. Okay, here we go. Ready? Are you a real Tony and Pilots fan? First question, which one is Josh? <laughs> shows a picture of Tyler and it shows a picture of Josh. Whew, got that one correct. Josh is on the right, if you're curious. <laughs> also, I feel bad. This one is a little bit more visual, so you can't see the pictures. But I'm sure you also know which is which. Okay, this one's just words, so. Which album came out first? Guys, these questions are very easy. Um, in my opinion, sorry. Am I being, like, presumptuous? Let me know. <laughs> Which, okay, Blurry Face or Vessel? Clearly, Vessel came out first. Thank you very much. What's Josh's last name? Is it Dunn or Joseph? <laughs> it is Dunn. And in case you didn't know, Josh's name is mentioned in the Blurry Face album and the Trench album. So... Whenever the new album comes out, I expect it to have Josh's name in one of the songs because they have now set up this precedent for all of their albums because of the last two having his name in it. So that is the one thing I request of their new album is that it has Josh's name somewhere. I will be very disappointed if it does not. Okay, what classic play inspired the band's name? All My Sons or The Crucible? It's All My Sons. The Crucible, that seems too, like on the nose with them being a Christian band. I'm like, no. When were they signed? I think this is the last question. When were they signed by Fueled by Ramen? Ooh, I don't know for sure, but 2010 or 2012? Okay, no. I think I do know. I think it's 2012. Yes, I got them all correct. You know Twilight Pilots like the back of your hand. Okay, but like, that's so dumb because it was only five questions. I feel like most people could get that right. No, I didn't know the, the exact year, but
But I do know that the self-titled album, because I was just studying it for like a year, came out in 2009. And I know it definitely, they were not signed a year after that. They were not signed until their third album, Vessel. So there we go. I am a real Twin Pilots fan. Wow. You heard it here first. Okay, the second quiz and the last quiz. I thought this would be great for us to do together because it seems, based on the first question, impossible. (laughs) There are 14 questions and I think this will be impossible. And this seems even more impossible based on the first question because all of our options, there are 14 options for every single song in this album. So, yikes. First question. Which, (laughs) this is ridiculous, which song has the word then in it five times only? We have 14 choices, people. Which song? Oh, gosh. Like, can we think about this rationally? Are we allowed to sing the songs? Are we just supposed to, like, yeah, I don't know. Trying to think of, like, the choruses of these songs. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like... Isle of Flightless Birds could be a good guess, purely because it has the most words in it, but I don't know. I feel like it could be like Isle of Flightless Birds or March to the Sea. I'm just going to say, based on word count, Isle of Flightless Birds. (laughs) I'm sure I'm going to get like none of these correct. I'll let you know what the answers are at the end. Hopefully it tells us and we'll see how many we got. Guys, I don't think I'm going to get any of this. Like, I don't know math, but, like, I have a 1 in 14 chance for every single one of these questions. Which song has the word blame in it four times only? Ooh, okay, this is a bit more of a specific word, so that's good. I, for some reason, I started singing Screen in my head. That is completely not on this album, so... (laughs) I don't even think that has blame in it, so I don't know why I thought of that. Blame. Maybe implicit demand? I'm just too lazy to think super hard, so... I feel like I'm not gonna look up lyrics. I feel like that's definitely cheating. So, uh, gosh. I just feel like the, the theme of implicit demand makes me feel like it's implicit demand, but I, I'm completely... <laughs> blanking on the lyrics all of a sudden because I'm nervous. I'm gonna sample as a demand, but I'm pretty sure that's not correct. Which song has the word now in it two times only? Guys, this is truly impossible, in my opinion, unless you literally sing all of the songs. Now the night has turned gray. Oh, but only two. Oh, wait, no. Is that even now? I think it's... Wait. I know the dark will fade away. So I'm just gonna say tax cab. Okay. <laughs> Which song is the word tired in it four times only? Hmm. I am cold. That's cold, not tired. I feel like it's like Oh Misbeliever or something. Guys, I feel like I'm bombing all of these. Like, I just, my brain is blanking on all of the lyrics. So I'm just, like, guessing based on themes. I said, oh, Miss Blue. Okay, number five. (laughs) Guys, this is really... I think I'm really just embarrassing myself in front of you. I I think I'm going to get all of these wrong. Which song... But, you know, Faith is about having humility. (laughs) 
I hate losing things. Okay, which song has the word will in it four times? I don't know why, I just keep thinking of the line, I am cold, can you hear? I will fly. Okay, I definitely know that has will in it, so I'm gonna say I love playlist birds. Which song has the word no in it two times only? Now I just thought of trees. <laughs> My brain needs to stop thinking of the wrong songs. I want to know you. That's clearly way more than two times anyway. For some reason, I want to say Johnny Boy. Like, I feel like I'm thinking of Never, though. Like, he never really told a lie. Hmm. I feel like actually it could be Trapdoor. Nobody knows his real name. I'm gonna say Trapdoor. Which has from in it seven times? That is so vague of a word. I hate that. Haven't found a drum. I keep like thinking it's in a lyric when it's not the same word. Like it's of you, an attic with a pet, not from. Okay, you know what I would get correct if it says something about Lada? <laughs> but from is so vague. I feel like I just, I'm just staring at the song titles and completely blanking is what is happening. I'm like a deer in headlights, people. Okay, from, I'm gonna say Aircatcher. Which song is the word go in it? I truly have no idea about go. I'm, oh, this is so embarrassing. I'm just gonna say car torch death. Which song is the word mind in it? I feel like definitely attic with a pen. I've been traveling in the desert of my mind. Which song is the word time in it two times? I just keep staring at the pantaloon because I like I feel like I haven't guessed that for anything yet. <laughs> March to the sea. Which song is the word away thirteen times? That's a lot. Away, away, away. Oh, stuff. <laughs> Fall Away is literally in the title, and I'm like, hmm, which song? <laughs> That's embarrassing, for sure. More than anything else is embarrassing. Okay, we have three more questions. Which song has the word C in it three times only? I feel like I'm still thinking of trees. I want to see C three times your grandpa died you were nine they say he had lost his mind i don't think c's in there i mean c is in march to the sea but this is c like look so not the same c so don't tell me i'm making the same dumb mistake because i'm not <laughs> a demon sat there waiting on her porch we made a gentle you don't have much time to make your slides. Just right. I feel like C would be appropriate for implicit demand. Which song is the word B, B, E? Six times. We get colder as we grow older. Let's just say. I'm literally just spitballing at this point. Let's just say. Trapdoor. Which song is the word don't? Four times. Oh, this is the last question. I'm probably gonna get zero. Which song has the word don't? Fall away. I don't want to fall. Fall away. I got... <laughs> I got one correct. And that was because away, I'm pretty sure. You can probably hear sugar barking. I got one correct. Which one was it? Let's see. 
This is truly terrible, but come on. I had very small probability of even getting a handful right. Yeah, literally only got fall away correctly. <laughs> what? It doesn't even say what the correct answers are. It just It just shows me that I'm wrong. Um, so that's not helpful. <laughs> Sugar. <laughs> Sugar is very upset. Yeah, it literally doesn't even say what the correct answers are. What is the point of that then? Wow, I'm so sorry. I just, we did all that and we don't even know. That's pretty upsetting. D wait, yeah, we really did that for nothing, dude. That's dang. Okay, well, hopefully that wasn't too painful. <laughs> it clearly did not bear any great results, so that truly was an impossible quiz. But maybe, maybe you got all 14. But we'll never know, because we don't even know what the right answers are. So, if you guessed, if you looked up every song to find the correct one, then yes, you got them all correct. But you're, then you're also a cheater, and I don't trust you. <laughs> okay, so last thing I wanted to do with you guys is I asked on Instagram for some listener questions, and I got a couple, and I'm going to answer them for you. I hope you enjoy this. So here we go to the last section. So favorite song. Okay, I'm going to be lame and give you four answers for very different reasons. They all have specific reasons. So, favorite song, Antonio Pilots. Number one, Addict with a Pen, for the sake of being the biggest song in my testimony, for sure. Um, as far as growing the closest to God, I would say Addict with a Pen, because that was really one of the biggest turning points of my return to a really faithful relationship with God. My second one is March to the Sea. I would say this is my favorite as far as metaphors and symbolism and being someone who is obsessed with metaphors and symbolism. When I think of how much I love analyzing Tony and Pilots specifically for their metaphors and symbolism, March to the Sea is probably the number one song that comes to mind when I think of analyzing 21 Pilots symbolism, like period, like out of all their albums. That's probably the first song that comes to mind. So that was really satisfying to analyze. Taxi Cab, though, I would say is the song that has been the most consistently, not just one point in my testimony, but it's been the most consistently relevant to my faith walk. And I think just the lyric of don't be afraid, we're going home, has meant so much to me for so many different reasons, whether it's graduating, uh, moving, creating new friends, community, just every sort of transition um, you could possibly have in life and that I will continue to have for the rest of my life. I turned to taxi cab as a solace and it, it works every time. And it is stuff like music is just so meaningful to me because it reminds me that no matter how much my life changes, like even if I moved across the world, I can still listen to the same music and be connected to home in that way. You know, I can still be connected to all my loved ones, even if I'm in a completely new community, because I can still read Harry Potter. You know, those are the kinds of things that really make me feel at home no matter where I am. And Taxi Cab is the perfect epitome of that feeling. And then 
my last quote-unquote favorite song is Before You Start Your Day. This one, for the sake of this podcast, out of everything I have analyzed from this album, Before You Start Your Day, without a doubt, has been the most transformed for me by the sake of having this podcast and doing the analysis that I do. I had never thought of the song in the way that I analyzed it before recording and writing notes for this episode, that episode. Um, And that was just the perfect reminder of why I'm doing this podcast. It's not just to reiterate things I've thought about, although I also do that, (laughs) but it's also to find new meanings and new spiritual growth in songs that I haven't before. And that's one of the coolest parts of doing this. And I'm really grateful that you guys get to listen to that and listen to me discovering new layers as I go and part of that too is hearing your feedback and your collaboration and your different perspectives that I didn't think of before. What has this album meant to me? That is a great question. I think historically in my life this album reminds me of freshman year of college, one of the hardest years of my life when my faith was really challenged and ultimately secured for for good. Yeah, it reminds me of being really lonely from that time in my life, but simultaneously not alone at all because of just the powerful truth in this album and the truth in the pain and the truth in the silver linings of the pain that really healed me throughout that really crappy year. You know, I think this album does genuinely also accurately represent and set the foundation for what 21 Pilots is and... I think something I think that's really interesting about 21 Pilots is some may disagree, but I really don't think they've changed at all with values since this first album, even though it's been, what, 12 years now? Dang. Since this first album came out. Yeah, I think they very much still have these same foundations, even if they don't consistently sing any of these songs live anymore. They'll occasionally pop out one or two, and I love that, but... No, I think they're still very much the same and other people might disagree and say no like they're too like poppy more mainstream like shallow but no I think they're just as deep as this album and I think they just you know it's interesting it's so interesting I think I think Tyler's so smart in this way that obviously they they currently have five albums probably gonna have a sixth one very soon like this year soon which is so exciting but They've obviously also, during that time, with every successive album, have grown their audience exponentially. And I think it's so cool that as their albums have been released, to less analytical people, it would make sense that they'd just be like, ah, no, like, they're just not the same, they're not as deep, but I think they still are. The main difference being that as they've grown in popularity and as more albums have come out, Tyler's just gotten more abstract with how he's presenting God and faith. And in that way, running into the final question, where does 21 Pilots, the album, rank among the albums for me? I would actually, I love all of the albums. This does not mean I don't like any of the albums. I love all of them. But if I had to rank them, I would honestly put this album at number five at the bottom. Obviously not because it's a bad album. I love this album. 
is obviously very important to my testimony and how my faith even is what it is today. Potentially the most out of any of the albums. But I would put this as my number five out of five because kind of like I was just talking about, it's too obvious. (laughs) What I mean by that is I love metaphors and symbolism and it's very straightforward and very an open book as far as like even with the metaphors and symbolism like like you easily know what it's talking about you don't have to be super analytical to understand what these songs are talking about even if you don't believe in god like you can easily see the parallels of faith in these songs but i love when people can do that in like a sneakier way because i just think it's so smart and so number four four out of five. My number four is regional at best solely because considering that most of the songs are repeated on Bessel, I'm putting it at number four because as far as songs, songs um, exclusive to regional at best, this album has the least amount of songs. So of course I'm going to put it at number four because I love all the songs, but there's just not as many songs as the other albums. So that's why it's number four. Number three, I'm going to put Blurry Face. I do love the themes and concepts as a whole. And the other thing I love about the newer albums is how Tyler makes whole concepts and whole worlds and characters. I think that's so original. And obviously there's always been conceptual albums. They didn't invent conceptual albums. But as a fiction writer, I really resonate and think that's really cool that that they do that as musicians. So, number three is Blurry Face. Number two is Vessel. I think that's over Blurry Face because it's just, like, one I've spiritually and emotionally connected with a little more than Blurry Face. But I still love, again, I love all of their albums. But Vessel is also very dear to my heart um, in a similar way spiritually that Tony and Pilots, the self-titled album, is. And number one is Trench. Um, my favorite is Trench. I love it because it's it's so much more metaphorical and abstract in the, in the ways that it talks about faith um, but it's still just as prevalent I would argue as this album and I don't I don't know if you noticed but my ranking is almost almost exactly the same as their release of albums which is so encouraging like to them as an artist I just want to encourage them they're doing something really great by the fact that Almost every single time they've had a new release, I've liked it better than all the rest. I think that's the perfect goal that every musician should strive for. Um, And I think it just, you know, for me, with my ranking, it makes me all the more excited for what this new album will be. Because I just, I think Tyler gets more creative every time with with the types of things he talks about. And I, I love how he talks about very common struggles and sins and issues, but... He talks about them in very powerful mental mes- mental health messages, but also just in very powerful, specific, unique imagery that you rarely see used for these topics before, at least in the realm of music. I think they do a really good job of staying original and thinking about abstract concepts in a unique and vibrant and very image-based way in their songs. I think they do that really well. So all that being said, I love this album, but I would definitely put it 
on the bottom in regards to all their other albums. But I still cherish this album so deeply, and I hope that you guys enjoyed all the analysis and all the things that I had to say. This is basically the end. The end of this album. It's crazy that we've already ended an album. I feel like that went so fast. It hasn't quite been a year, but close to a year. Um, And I am just so pleasantly surprised. You know, I always say it, but I'm always so pleasantly surprised by all the people who reach out and I'm just so encouraged by the amount of people who want to join me on podcasts and the amount of encouragement and support that I get from other people, even even people I know and love. I just never expected the amount of encouragement that I have received over the last year with this podcast. It was just a random, not random, I shouldn't say random, but it was just something God plopped into my head one day in the fall of 2019 and I knew right away that I'm committing to this. And so I I just can't thank you enough for being here, for going on this journey with me. It's crazy to think I'm sure it'll it'll continue for a couple years as well, not just one year. You know, if if one album took a year, like yeah, it's it's I'm just so excited. I I hope you're excited to and I hope you enjoyed this this album wrap-up. And if you have any other thoughts on anything that I didn't touch upon or anything you would love to see in the upcoming album wrap-ups, let me know if you have other ideas for what to include in these kinds of episodes. I was really working from the ground up. So, yes, I think that's about it. I want to hear from you. You can email entrenchpodcast at gmail.com with a written account of your 21 Pilots story or your favorite memories you have related to the band. You can also reach out with an episode request. If you want to analyze a song, video, or do an album wrap-up with me, many songs are still available. I'm serious. And almost all of the music videos are still available. Obviously, all of the other album wrap-ups are available. So get on that. And if you'd like to contribute to the analysis we've already covered, add more biblical verses to the self-titled EP, connections you found, if you want to ask any more questions, suggest other things, if you picked other stuff out of the cover art that I didn't cover, whatever it is, I would love to hear about it. Join the, join the podcast group on Facebook. I would love that. Add your own thoughts and Bible verses. I would love that. That is what, that's what it's for. You can also find Entrench on Podbean, Verbal, Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. On Instagram, you can find me at Entrench underscore pod, currently MIA because of Lent, but you can find me there. So feel free to follow so you know the second I come back. And as always, of course, of course, I look forward to hearing from you. Tune in next time for our first regional and fast track, Slow Town. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Stay alive and remember, in Trench, you're not alone. One second, I feel like my fan's making a weird noise. Having to do a lot of flipping today, so there's going to be a lot of editing of awkward in-between sounds. (laughs) Sugar, no!